Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. David. Hello. Hello. Hello there. How are you tonight? I'm not too bad. How are you? Uh, I'm really well, thank you. I've got a pink gin in my hand, so I'm I'm fine. He's ready. I am ready. You've got a gin in your hands. Don't even pretend you don't. Yeah, that's true. Last time you were shoveling chocolates down, and this time you're drinking gin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tells you not about me. Uh, so this is a completely impromptu commentary, isn't it? As in, I contacted mm. you today to ask to do this tonight. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And what was our process of elimination to reach the episode that we're going um, to talk about? Well, I think you it, you decided to do a new one, didn't you? Mm-hmm. A new who. And then you gave a couple of ideas and then I just went really left field and went for the story that we're watching so uh, and what story are we watching today though tonight's episode we are watching is knock knock which is one of my favorite stories it is knock knock we're watching isn't it yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. oh okay <laughs> no no um, I, I was thinking like is that, was that series 10 episode four 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 mm. so this is one of my favorite new who episodes um, and it's n- you're not a fan of this one, am I right? No, 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 I'm not not a fan of it. I think it's probably like above average. Um, <laughs> but I am fascinated to talk to somebody that this is one of their favourites because, like, it's it's a bit like a like a sleeper hit, if anything, isn't it? Because it's not like a grandstander. Um, it's it's one of those ones that kind of is slipped in after the pilot and before Oxygen. You know, like it's like yeah. It's not a world enough in time, but it's not a, it's not a, um, I'm trying to think of a really, not very good series, 10 episode. Uh, Lie of uh, the Land. Yeah, it's not a Lie oh, of the Land. Oh, word. No, what's that one that Rona Munro did? I can't even remember the title. Eaters of, Eaters of Light, that oh, was that one. It's a bit dreary, wasn't it? Mm. We could have done with Knock Knock then, at that point in the season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A nice bit of definitely. fun. Um... So I'm assuming you are quite keen on Series 10 in general. I'm a big fan of Series 10, uh, and that's mainly for two words, and that's Pearl Mackey, mm. who I'll talk about more in, in this commentary, but I I think she was absolutely amazing, and I think it's very sad that she didn't get to do more episodes. What is it about these showrunners, right, that have the, all these companions along, uh, you know, Rose has two seasons, Martha has a season and a half, and then Donna hits, amazing Donna, and she has one year. Mm. And then we have mm-hmm. Amy Pond and Clara Oswald, and I'm not sure where you fall with those two, but you know where I fall. Clara was there for about 10 million years, it felt like. <laughs> well, I suppose chronologically across time, it was about 10 million years, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. She it was, was that, yeah. David, she was everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Bill hit, and then we had one year with her, and it's like, why did you keep getting to the best companions right at the end? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have, um, have you ever seen her in anything? I. So funny enough, um, I booked to go and see Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime that she was in at the time when she was announced. Oh, yeah. But I booked to go and see it before she was in, announced as the assistant. Mm-hmm. So then, when I went, she'd just been announced as the as the new assistant. Gosh. So that was a that was a really nice surprise. So it was kind of like seeing her because when they when they did that little video, I don't know if you remember. Oh, when with, they, with the Dalek. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think. I thought, oh, I'm not sure about her. Oh, but I thought that too. I was exactly yeah, the thought, same. Mm, not sure about that. But then when I went to see her in Curious Incident, I thought, oh no, she'll be she'll be interesting. And then within about two minutes of the pilot, I went, I love her. She's great. Which was the same with Donna. I was not I wasn't sure when Catherine Tate was announced. I thought, oh, I don't think she's gonna be very, very good as a full time assistant. Two minutes into the her first episode, I thought, yeah. Well, you, remember, you remember that shouty scene she had right at the beginning? And everyone was yeah. like, Oh no, she's just like one of those dreadful sitcom characters. And as soon as she was like, you know, the what? That's not even a proper word. I was like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's great. Yeah. But I think I think David, you and I probably have a fairly similar taste in comedy as well. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was going to be a bit of a winner for us. Okay, well, this is this is this is Bill heavy. Is this a Bill episode? This is this is Bill's episode. Yeah, this is Bill's episode. No Matt Lucas, which again I'll talk a bit about that as well. But uh, I, I I'm on 
this is sort of partly why it's my favourite. One of my favourite episodes as well. Oh, why? Oh, no. Don't tell me you don't like Matt Lucas. I No, I do like Matt Lucas's character. I just, I'm just pleased he's not in this one because I, I can't imagine Matt Lucas as Nardo going around that <laughs> in a horror creepy story. house. Yeah, I kind of can't imagine that as such. So. See, I would agree with you there, but then he's in Oxygen and he doesn't detract from the atmosphere of that one. <laughs> no, no, but I, I don't know. There's just something about it. I just think it works so well as a kind of two-hander two in terms of assistant and of companion that I think having Nardole walking around that haunted house would have been a bit silly. Do you remember that bit in, was it was it the end of Oxygen where Nardole gets like a massive grump on and shouts at the doctor? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that really great bit, there's speech at the end of Mysterio, isn't there, where he sort of says he'll be all right kind of thing, I'll look yeah. after him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was at the point I thought, oh, yeah, he might be quite good. I've yeah. got a surprise for you then, David, I'm afraid. Uh-oh. Because here... Are we, all, are we not watching Knock Knock? <laughs> all the way from London, in my bedroom, is Matt Lucas. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but no, my surprise is... Um, he is in this. For just he one, is in it. He comes one, in right at the end. One though. little scene, yeah. One little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to remind us of the arc. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> All right. I, okay. So I'm ready to skip in if you are, and I'm. I'm ready. You're watching on my screen, so you've got to be ready. I've got to be ready. <laughs> All right, then. Let's go in five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. Who you screen share? Uh, oh my god! How embarrassing. Hang on. I'm actually recording right now. Harry Roy, Harry Roy. <clears throat> but what I will say is pause for a second. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. So this is Doctor Who leaning into uh, like teen culture. Yeah. Or yeah. Like yeah. It's a bit, it's, yeah. It's a strange start actually for a Whose story? I don't know though. I feel, it's kind of like fast and peppy and mm. and as somebody who has rented somewhere in the last two years, I have been through what they're going through right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a good intro as well. Who's the hottest one of the group? I think the one that goes first, actually. Is that the one in the jeans there, in the purple t-shirt? Yeah. Pavel? Pavel, is that his name? I think that's the cat. yeah, that's the character's name. I mean, they're quite a hot bunch, really. I didn't hang around with a load of people that cute when I was that age. <laughs> Are you looking for someone to... Ah! Here he is. David Suchet. So, so, the thing I was find for me about Doctor Who is whenever they announce the new series, people get excited that monsters are coming back or their companions are coming back or the, what the stories are going to be about. For me, it's always who's going to be in it. And I remember when they announced that David Suchet was going to be in it, I was really excited because he's one of my favourite actors of all time. Is that for and, like um, a particular performance or show or theatre show? I, no, I, th I think it's just because of because of Poirot, but also because of his way of working, is amazing. And and uh, he was he came to the theatre where I used to work at. He played Lady Bracknell in The Importance of Being Earnest, what? which was it, it was an amazing show. I've actually got um, a sort of signed poster that he did for me um, on my wall, and it was an amazing show. I mean, people people came and saw it and complained that David Suchet wasn't in it because they didn't realise he was playing Lady Bracknell. It was it was that brilliant and um That's i was incredible. i was there afterwards sort of you know as i do something you signing something and he looked at my doctor who bag and said you know i've never been asked to be in doctor who and i said i said you'd be great in that he said yeah no i've never never been asked i'd love to do it never been asked and then at about six months later he got this not, not. was announced so <laughs> i'd like to think i was partly responsible for that i wasn't but i'd like to think i was partly responsible for that 
So um, he, he's, he's got a pivotal role in this, hasn't he? But like oh, the way yeah. this was being advertised, like he was going on chat shows and all sorts talking about this. Well, if you think about it, I mean, he that's a big name to get into a series like Doctor. You know, David Suchet is a huge, now Sir David, mm. quite rightly so. Um, Do you know who you know, David Suchet went to school with? Oh no! Don't oh, be. sorry. Um, the, like theatre school, whatever you call it, theatre college. Colin Baker. Did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. He says so in his autobiography. Oh, right, this, I think this is a really great opening as well for a story. Okay. Well, I was like... messaging you about this earlier, and oh, you're dancing again. Um... Sorry. I know. I I just love that opening of not. I love this opening of not knock. It, it it sets the tone for the episode. Sorry. Oh, this music. It's like a cheese yeah. grater to my brain. <laughs> um, I'm not mocking at this one. But this this young man who's gone into this haunted house or this gothic house on his own, turned the lights out and played scary. It's like he's never seen a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. He had it coming, didn't he? Let's be honest. I think they've all got it coming, if I'm honest. And for this yeah. for this episode, David, I am the one advocating a massacre, not you. <laughs> <laughs> the the other thing as well is as I sort of mentioned now was um because of David Suchet being in this. So my auntie uh hasn't watched Doctor Who since Terror of the Autons, I discovered, because she told me she was terrified of the troll doll. Oh really? Um and I basically yeah, basically what that was the last time she watched Doctor Who, but she's a massive David Suchet fan. So when she found out he was going to be in Dot Who. She watched this episode. Wow. So she finished at Terror of the Autons, had never seen any of the others, and then watched this one episode. <laughs> what, what, did she keep watching? No, she just she just she tuned in for this because it was David Suchet and then stopped. But that's what they said. I think a lot of people watched this episode because of him being in it. I see. Well, I mean, your mother's review of Silver Nemesis was the highlight of that commentary. <laughs> so what was your yeah. auntie's review of uh, Knock Knock? I think she liked it. I think she liked it. She just didn't quite get what was going on half the time. But I, she, she enjoyed the it. One. She enjoyed... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she enjoyed David Suchet. Right. Um, but then who who doesn't? Oh, he's terrific. And quite a lot is asked of him in this. Like, what appears mm. on the surface to be a very simple role via mm. an extraordinary twist at the end. Um, mm. He's asked to emote in quite an extreme way. And I was, I remember, because this was around the time that they get really good actors in and play really awful parts or give them not very much to do. Right. And I was so terrified that they were not going to give him anything to do. Just give him like a tiny cameo and that was it. Do you remember um, Arabella so, Weir and Bill Bailey? Oh, mm, man. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're prime examples of people that they got in it for, what, a scene, yeah. if that? But so like, when they announced David Suchet, I was terrified that they were going to do the same, and luckily they didn't. But like this is this is Doctor Who in a nutshell, right? This is a, the, I think I said to you before that this is essentially like the sleeper hit of the season, if you like it. It's got Peter Capaldi and David Suchet. I mean, mm. that's extraordinary casting. Mm. And also, uh, you've probably seen on the chat if you've watched any of the stuff of him on the chat shows and stuff. He was so excited to be in this. Mm. He was so excited, and I don't, I don't know if you know this story, but he said that when he arrived to do the filming outside, he said I was, he said they were doing lots of the exterior bits, and um, he said they did the scene, you know, the, the promo shot of him with the key in the door kind of thing. That was all done, and they'd filming a couple of days inside, and he said a couple of years previously, him and his family had rented out a holiday cottage to have Christmas in. It was only then he realised that was the same house. No. And, yeah, and they'd made it up to look all creepy. And he said it was only on the third day that the owner said, oh, hello, are you all right? You know, we remember you from a couple of Christmases ago. And he oh, was like, oh, God. Because <laughs> they'd made it up to look really spooky and scary. But actually, it was a really nice... I mean, he's not a young man anymore. Maybe his memory's going a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Surely he remembered yeah. the location of the house, though. I don't, well, that's the thing. Maybe if they'd set it up to look different or something. I don't know. If it had all been completely changed inside i'm not sure but oh can i just say right okay so when i was watching this earlier 
I was very aware of Peter Capaldi as this um, sort of grouchy old man in amongst all these kids, right? But mm. it really highlights how his doctor's come along since Series 8. Because do you remember mm. in Robot of Sherwood, where everyone's having a lot of fun and he's essentially shitting on it all from a great height? Well, he's part of the fun in this episode. He's integrated, he's witty, he's funny. Um, he has a brilliant joke about some dreadful music that's played later on. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, of course I know what it is. And it just like looks away in pain. Um, but they, I don't know, don't you feel like in Series 10, they just got that character right? Yeah, it, yeah, and and the right assistant as well. I never, I never quite thought Clara worked with Capaldi, in my opinion. I never thought Clara worked full stop, but, but, full but stop, yeah. that, that's for another time. Yeah. Also, this is so, really interesting. Uh, Bill being um is she bisexual or is she a lesbian? No, she's she's no, she's I think yeah, she's lesbian, I think, isn't she? And this fella's obviously very, very uh chastely coming on to her. Mm-hmm. And she gives him the finger in a very gentle way. Oh yeah. And in a Saturday tea time kind of way. Yeah. I mean, he's quite cute. I don't know. I'd say no. Yeah. Quite tall. What's wrong with tall? Nothing wrong. No, nothing wrong with I'm just saying he's very tall. You notice it more than the others. Sure. But they've uh, they've done that thing as well, haven't they? They love doing this in New Who. That they've ticked every demographic in the group. Yeah. You know, yeah. every gender, every race, every sexuality, and I love diversity. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticising them for that. But sometimes I'm like, my God, it's like they are they are genuinely trying to appeal to everybody. Mm. And I must say, I think with the exception of one person in this, I think everybody's excellent. Oh, one person? Who's that? Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I should say. Oh, well, go on. This is a commentary. You could be critical. Um, actually, I can't remember the character's name either. It's really embarrassing. Not the one with the goggly eyes. Uh, the... When she comes up, I'll, I've forgotten her name. How oh, I'm talk- oh so I'm talking about a bloke. He's, he's the one with the northern accent. I find it the very... one who who the uh, um not him. I can't remember his name. I can't remember her name. When she pops up, I'll tell you who it is. But but like I feel I feel like this has genuine atmosphere. Where do you remember Hyde mm. in series seven? I, yeah, I felt it, that it's... really lacked atmosphere this... compared to this. Oh, her. Sorry, her. The one who talks about. I'm leaving if there's... Oh, she dies quickly, though, don't worry. Yeah, yeah she's, she's not she's not Marshall. See, this is hide but done well. Yeah. And do you remember they? Do you remember when this came out, you could do the... You, not surround sound, but what was it? The sort of... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, like, the, the audio immersive experience. That's thingy. it, yeah. 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 This, is like, but this, is like a, this is complete, like, teen horror flick, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, yeah. But it's done... It, I think it's done really well and i like it's an archetypal doctor who story of sort of not based on the siege but do you know what i mean it's sort of i mean it is in a way isn't it and they are yeah. they are entrapped at some point the the windows yeah. cover over i remember actually getting a day off work to watch this episode live oh i thought you meant afterwards because of the trauma of the horror no 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 because I, I always used to miss it around when it was on saturdays because i was always working Oh, and I was, okay. and I was so desperate to see this one when it went out live that I got the day, got the day off work. That's my problem at the moment because I work Sunday nights, so I always mm. miss it on first viewing. Do you know that guy with the goggly eyes? Right, he's always got his eyes are massive. Um, mm. He's doing like the Amy Pond style of acting because she all went eyes massive, didn't she? When scary things were happening. That's true. He's good though. I think they're all, the rest of them are good. Peter Capaldi is the scariest thing in this entire story. Yeah. Oh, I don't know though. Eliza's pretty scary. Oh, it's freaky. Yeah. Well, I'm seeing that in the trailer and thinking, whoa. Don't you think they, I think they push the horror as much as they can. Um, mm. I, I might have even gone a little further and risked some complaints. Because there are a couple of scenes where, like, where the Beatles eat somebody and. Mm. Um, where the guy gets trapped in the wall, which is really scary. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing I always find for me about Dodge 2 is it should be scary. And scenes like that, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm old enough now not to be sort of scared behind the sofa, but I can still watch Dodge 2 and go, oh, I don't like that. 
don't like that at all. Like the latest one for me was the Tooth Guy from the Jody series. Which guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Tim Shaw, when they revealed that, and I was like, oh, no, oh, don't like that. No, do you know who scared me? It was last series, the guy who took his fingers off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, him. He was. If he I was, woke yeah. up and he was in my bedroom with his fingers hanging in the air. <laughs> exactly. But even like David Suchet is quite a sort of creep. He, he does this all very. He could have overplayed this as well. And he chooses yeah. to underplay it. And that's great. Mm. Yeah, he's very good in this. Uh, we've mentioned this before in another commentary, but what I love about his performance is it's not it's not a Doctor Who performance, if that makes sense. It, you, this yeah. this performance you could put into anything, and it would make well. He he David Suchet has read the script and hasn't gone, oh, it's Doctor Who, that's fine. He's he's read this and gone, okay, this is the character, this yeah. is how I'm going to play it, and and you know as absurd as the character kind of turns out to be he imbues it with like a lot of dev and a lot of subtlety mm. but i think i think a, a lesser actor would have just hammed it you know played you know mm. richard o'brien you know like the the butler in uh um uh, rocky yeah. horror yeah yeah definitely and and it shows how good of an actor he is and and how you know, he hasn't come from the Graham Crowden school of dot two acting, has he? Let's be honest. Which, don't get me wrong, I love Graham Crowden. Is that school still going? It, but... Is that school still open? That's another thing. <laughs> no, I think it's shut. Oh, shame. <laughs> after after Vilma from all oh the time. God. Where's my Benny? Benny. <laughs> what is it? We're getting him back. <laughs> which one of you hurt my Benny? Oh, <laughs> um, uh, death, David. Sorry, no, it's a different episode. Her death. It is the, one of the best comedy moments ever. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> if you don't find anyone to do an, a commentary for that, I'm off. Oh, Pete Lambert's doing that one. It's his favourite new Who story. Is it? Yeah. I actually don't mind it. I actually don't mind it. Oh, no, I like it too. Oh, nice. um, do you know, David Suchet, right, delivers my one of my favourite line readings of anything ever in one of his Park Wire episodes. It's in, it's called um, Three Act Tragedy. Is that what it's called? Three Act? Three Act something. Um, he's against Martin Shaw. And he's he's on stage. And the guy's like, once he's been exposed, the guy says to him, um, what have you done? And there's a silence. And he just goes, what have I done? <laughs> and you never ever see Poirot like, lose his rag. Mm. It's brilliant. I don't know if you've ever read his book about playing Poirot, but it's, it's really interesting because he talks about how by the end of doing Poirot, he was so into the character that he would actually turn around to directors and go, no, he wouldn't do that. Or writers and go, Poirot wouldn't do but, that. Um, Tom Baker did that, didn't he, in, in yeah. the 70s? Yeah. Like, he was so so in under the skin mm -hmm. of the Doctor. And to the point of, you know, if, if they asked him to wear a costume and he didn't want to wear it, he'd say Poirot wouldn't wear that. And people would go, oh, that's really... You know that's really rude of them to be like that but from a from a perspective when you've been playing a character so long and yeah. you embedded that character you you do know better than people you do know that poirot wouldn't you know poirot might not wear like a dinner jacket or something or he might not wear a tie he'd wear something completely different what did he do like 20 years or something 25 yeah 25 years yeah, he did that Jesus. Um, but that was the thing i think i think having met him and and he is an absolutely delightful he is one of the loveliest people ever um and you know, sort of talking to him about dot who and him saying oh i've always wanted to be in it and then knowing that he was going to be in it i was kind of like he's so happy you know what happened after <laughs> that conversation like, you got i've just had this conversation with this kid david maskell right and i want to be in doctor who now he's really got me into it you're responsible for this david do you know do you know what though that's happened once before with them um, Ben Miller, because again, Ben Miller, came and did, came, ben Miller came and did a play, and it had um, Foon from Doctor Who, uh, from Debbie Chaser was in it, and I was there with my Voyage of the Damned, and he was, Ben Miller was lovely, and he, he sort of turned to me and said, oh, someone else might be in Doctor Who next series, but I can't, I can't tell you who it is, but <laughs> he, someone's going to be in it, and I can't really say any more than that, and then sort of walked away and then turned around and sort of mouthed, it's me, I'm going to be in it, kind of thing. Oh, so And he ended up in Robot of Sherwood. God bless yeah. him. I know people that rate that, you know. 
I watched that at a convention with Ben Miller in the in the hotel bar, and the next day at the at the panel, he he made everyone laugh because he said when I watched it, I thought you'd all come running over and go, oh Ben, that was amazing. Loved that episode. It was so great. He said, you all came over to me and went, explain the Golden Arrow thing. What the, what's that all about? <laughs> well, that, that one was edited, though, wasn't it? Uh, due to yeah. political things happening at the time. Mm. Sorry, we've completely gone away from Knock Knock now. No. Well, I was going to well, ask you a like... question about horror in Doctor Who, and that is, um, is that like your favourite genre of Doctor Who? I think so. I think, I, I think for me, Doctor Who... It needs to be, I can't remember who said, I think it was Barry Letts said, it needs to be scary enough for the children to hide behind the sofa or have a cushion over the face, but peek their eyes out as well to still see what's happening. You don't want Doctor Who to be too scary that they run out of the room and they never come back, but you want to make sure it's scary enough that they can they can hide behind the sofa but still look up and know that, see what's going on. And I think kids like to be scared. I think that's oh, part for of it. Sure. And I think, I think good parents... Colin Baker says it in his, in his um, Big Finish um, autobiography thingy. It's good parents let their kids be a little bit scared, you know, mm. when they're watching TV and reading books and things like that. Mm. Oh, I mean, this is terrific. This bit with this kid, where he's like going, oh, and then he actually oh. dies. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say then? No, it's just, no I, I was just going to say that I think you look at something like the deadly assassin which is quite incredible that that got made when it did because that still now is mm. scary do you know that's but what it, my that's got my most scariest um like it actually makes me sweat watching it you know the bit with the samurai where he cuts his scarf and he falls down the yeah that really scares me it's his yeah. face in the mask but i think that went out in 1977 didn't it and at 5 <laughs> Yeah, and you wouldn't even be probably allowed to get away with that now. No. And I think that's the thing. So, like, this does a good job of making it scary enough and kind of, you know, creaky floorboards, all things that people aren't quite scared of anyway, and having having David Suchet pop in every now and again and sort of, like I said, a base under siege kind of story. I think also the thing I like about this, why it's one of my favourite stories, this one, it's because A, David Suchet, but then I'm a bit biased. But B, I think because it changes what you think it is. And I like so I, I like Doctor Who stories that change the idea, but not in a silly way, if that makes sense. Okay. You know, with, with the thing I like about this story, giving away the plot, is I like the way it, it changes to the fact that it's the simple twist that it's her son. And not her father. Oh yeah, see that yeah, and that really works as well. And you could see and the, how yeah, and the performances between them are incredible in that scene. I think when that scene comes up, we're just going to be silent, <laughs> which is going like, to be like Mrs. Remington will turn it up. Well, I, know, yeah. I said to you kind of off mic, like... didn't I? That the I felt like this was two episodes like um, stuck together. So you've got that very tragic story about uh, mother and son. And then you've got this like teen horror movie yeah and it literally twists from one to the other so the the kids start being bumped off that narrative actually comes to an end and a completely new one springs from nowhere halfway through but, yeah but that, that i quite like that because then you've got that whole i mean my only criticism about this episode is i think they should have actually been killed the kids and i know no. that's a bit of a harsh thing to I, say. No, no 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 but this but this is i think the writers in the moffat era work to his formula of everybody living you know yeah and i think actually killing them off and having them all at the end there would have been a much better ending yeah and you know you, it made you think of that thing of well i'd do that for my mum you know if my mum was turning into a wood monster oh, i'd want to stay alive and i think and also the the performance in that where david Tusha literally within seconds turns from going from being a scary landlord to being a devoted son who's, who's losing his mum. It's because yeah, I, 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 I find the twist ridiculous, but I find the performances sell it. Mm. Um, this, I, sorry, go on. I was gonna say that's interesting because I don't, I don't find it silly. I find it really heartbreaking because it's that thing Lovely. of he's just doing what he wants. He's just doing what he thinks is right because he's not a villain. That's the thing. He's not. David Suchet is not a villain in this. It turns his character on its head, doesn't it? Because he's been sinister yeah. throughout, and actually, he's not sinister. 
he's no. very tragic. This yeah. middle section, okay, I, I for me, this is the strongest part of the story where they go all out horror. And it's people being eaten alive, people being mm. sucked into walls. Um, I'm here for this, especially because these kids are especially annoying. So <laughs> kill them. <clears throat> oh, this guy in the wall, he was at the Doctor Who experience. Like that, that, that wall. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I can remember going up and sort of po- poking it, you know, like a, <laughs> like a weirdo. I mean, we'll talk about it more when it comes up, but I mean, that Eliza costume is incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that even she's got wood in her eyes, for God's sake. And just... I'm wondering, though, did they keep the, the costumes from the Doctor that we're going to wardrobe and just chip away at them a bit? I would say that they look better in this, actually. Yeah, I know. And it, I think there's more CGI involved here as well. So mm. it's, it's a lot more. And also, amazing. you're talking to the person that actually quite likes the Widow and the Wardrobe episode. So. Well, nobody's perfect, baby. I know. I have a weird choice in episodes that I like. <laughs> I remember at the time when he was being interviewed about this, he said, you might not recognise me in this episode. I thought, well, you've just got a wig on. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he's not dressed up as Pyro. Well, it's because he's got, because he's because that's a wig, what, the, the hat, uh, not the hat, but the hair that he's wearing and you think well it's not much of a change no, it's, still, it's still clearly his face it's not like what's the empress of the ratnos being yeah, sarah parish because Parrish. <laughs> yeah. it took me a few watches to recognize her yeah but like going back to the thing about it being two separate stories i feel like both are a bit short changed so like it's not enough of a character story for the kids because when they're just getting going, they're bumped off. And it's not enough of the tragedy story because that's only got 10 minutes to really give us... And I think had they gone one route yeah. or the other, it might have been strong. But that's, you know, that's just my... Opinion. Do you think it could have been a two-parter, maybe? For sure, yeah. I think I, I think that, that... And it would have been restructured a bit. And You could have done yeah. flashbacks to the past of, um, you know, when she was eaten alive or, or whatever happened mm. during the past to make her into wood and... It's got legs, this material. It's got a lot of potential. Mm. Uh, definitely, definitely. They were so amazing. She just literally just jumps in all the time, doesn't she? Well, I think she was, I thought she was an absolutely incredible companion. And I just thought it was such a shame that she only survived one series. I just think, yeah, thought well, she was perfect. I thought it was a shame when Moffat blew a massive hole in her. Yeah, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> wasn't very nice. The camera went thought, through the hole. I know. I thought, why? Of all the characters, you could have done that to Clara. No one would have cared. So we brought in this fabulously hip, gorgeous, um, a black lesbian character. And we're going to blow an hole in her. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> Turn her into a Cyberman. Oh, my God. Ew. Do you know what annoyed me? Ew. Do you know what annoyed me about this series, actually? was when they announced John Sim was coming back. Oh, Could you imagine no. if they'd have kept that a secret? <laughs> because it did actually take me a little while. His performance was good enough. It took me a little while to think, oh my God, that's Sims. Just yeah. Like... It's when they put it in the trailer, I was like, what are you doing? It's just, yeah. These these little buggy things, yeah. You're always on a winner with bugs. Yeah. The dryads, is that what they're called? Yeah. And it's very cool when they eat the whole house at the yeah. end. This is the Blink house, isn't it? Oh, is it? I think it's the same house. They just sort of went round the back or something, or this is round the front or something like that. But then there is, there's a house that um, turns up in like the Sarah Jane Adventures about four times. This sort yeah. of manor out in the country. Yeah. I think it turns it's up in Torchwood as well. It's Richard Bryce's house in Torchwood as well. Hmm. Okay, the Doctor's got a new companion now. Bill's out and Goggly Eyes is in. For Kay's in Torchwood. Who? This, this yep. Goggly Eyed kid? What is the character name? I've forgotten. What's his name? What is that Harry? kid? Is that, it Harry? That kid's in Torchwood. No, Richard Bryce is in Torchwood. Sorry. Oh, I've forgotten God. Richard Bryce was in Torchwood. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's a nice performance as well. Mm. Oh, 
Yeah, like all of the kids, like they've all got like um like basic personalities, haven't they? But none of them have mm. got any depth, I don't think, apart from I think but I think that's due to it only being forty five minutes, that's the thing. I think yeah. But we, we complained maybe... about we complained about how like kind of the, the quick beginning, but kind of you need to establish that quick to get here, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Two and part, also, I mean, two part, David, two yeah, part. it's kind of a believable story that if you did meet someone who had a cheap house, like you say, would you go in? But no, I mean, David Suchet is such a friendly face, you know, I, I would. He ain't in this. He's a creepy old man. If some creepy old man said, come on, you six yeah, lovely children, come into my gothic manor and stay here very cheap. I'd be like, no, you're right. <laughs> no, thanks. I'd be looking in the You're mirror, like, where's, where's the cameras? What's that really, really <laughs> scary? Hot is it hostel, where, where they go into the hotel, um, and there's tapes, and they put the tapes in, and it's people being murdered in those hotel rooms. Oh God, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to horror films. I would be scared that that's what David Suchet would do to me. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I get scared by episodes of Inside Number Nine. You know, I'm. Oh. I, no, no, no. That that show is properly creepy at times, and and not yeah. not not just like in visceral horror, but in psychological horror as well. If you ever do a commentary for that, I'm I'm there for like. David, you are going to do all the commentaries for those. That's oh. going to be the Joe and David show. Inside Number Nine is like I, After Doctor Who is like my favourite show ever. Do you know what mine is? You may you may hang up. Oh, go on. Um, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. I see this is interesting because I was talking actually earlier about Star Trek. I've never seen Star Trek. <gasps> but I have are. a reason why I've never seen Star Trek. And I think it's because I'm scared that if I get into Star Trek, I'll start wanting to go to Star Trek conventions. You said that about I'm... Blake 7. You cannot stop watching TV shows because you're scared you're going to go to conventions. But I just want to, to speak. I just want to concentrate on one. That's my problem. <laughs> I just want to get into Doctor Who and that's it. I only have so many hours in my life. <laughs> exactly. I only have so much. So, David, I have a question for you. Um, if you had to rank the new series Doctor and you only got a minute to do it in, how would they fare? What, as in Doctors? Yeah, the new series Doctors, not the classics. Okay. Uh, Capaldi would be my favourite. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's really difficult. Um, probably Matt Smith next, because I just said, and this is in terms of performances. Mm -hmm. um, I would then probably go David Tennant, Chris Eccleston, and Jodie Whittaker. But before I say anything about that, it's not because Jodie Whittaker is bad. I like Jodie Whittaker. I just don't think. The writers have served her as a doctor. You are the second person I've asked that question to. You are the second person that put Jodie Whittaker at the bottom of that list, and you are the second person to make a caveat with an explanation as to why that is the case. Yeah. I don't think you need to do that. You can have your favourites and your least favourites. Well, no, no, it's because uh, that that makes me sound like I, I don't like her, and I do, I do like her. I do like Jodie Whittaker, but I just, I just don't think that her. Her doctor's been written well enough, but I think there's problems with that. And my list is so different from yours; it's hilarious. I know you don't like Matt Smith, do you? Matt Smith, way the Matt Smith, my least favourite Doctor Who performance of all the classic okay. and the news. Um, look. <sighs> look at this! Oh my god! Sorry, no, this no. is the terrifying moment, which was in the trailer, and I remember thinking, "Yes, this is it." And we have just talked over the poor man being eaten by bugs. Yeah. But you see, that's scary as well. Oh, look at that. Oh, she's smiling. Ew. Uh, see, that would, that, if I was a kid and I watched that, that would send me running behind the sofa. David, I'm an adult and I was just watching behind a cushion. Yeah. It's an amazing bit of makeup. Look at it. It's incredible. Is that all costume, though, or is that CGI? Yeah, all costume. There's none of that is CGI, apparently. Because David Suchet said that when he turned up for the first day to film with her, he was like, thank God that's not me. <laughs> so so he would have... what occurred here? Can you explain? I didn't quite understand. She fell asleep way in the past and then became no, wood. She wasn't, she, she wasn't very well. 
she wasn't very well at all and and um the landlord went and showed her a bug because he was only a little boy at the time and he realized that it was making her turn into wood why and he thought that was making her better why is it turning her into wood though because i think it eats people doesn't it it, it because don't forget this house is not made of wood it's made of the dryads right and it eats the people I'm still um, confused. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think it, 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 it eats the, the dryads eat the people to make themselves stronger, to make them into the house, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why did she become wood? Well, because I'm guessing they've started to consume her and it turns her into wood. Well, that's a byproduct of eating her. Of being eaten by them. She's not eating them, they're eating her. I think it's just a really cool effect and they went with it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, who is it? Sorry, we, I, I talked over who your favourite doctors were. Oh, my. Uh, David Tennant's my favourite. Uh, Jodie Whittaker's my second. Capaldi's my third. Um, Eccleston's my fourth. And uh, Matt Smith's my last. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of pleased we didn't do a Matt Smith episode in the end because I'm, I'm so rude. <laughs> Whereas it's so easy to be nice about Capaldi. Well, and also, I don't know if I wanted to kind of claim this one. Because <laughs> I love this story. I do absolutely love this story. Yeah, no, no, no detriment to your opinion, but I don't think anyone was clamouring for it. So. No. So this is that scene now, isn't it, where, where Suchet turns on a dime. Yeah. It's an incredible bit of, there's an incredible performance as well. I mean, it's, but I do remember thinking, thinking, how are they going to end this episode? But actually I like the fact it was just such a, you know, we were just talking about inside number nine and twists and stuff like that. Like with something like inside number nine, you don't know what it is until the last second. And then they twist it and it could be a big twist. It could be a little twist, but with this it's to me, it's, you know, not that big of a twist that we find out that he's actually the son, but I just think it works. It's kind of like a love story in a way. It's 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 it, a it, horror story, but it's a love story at the same time. It absolutely works because of the performances, because these two are so good. They they yeah. are utterly convincing. And even her, you know, she's behind God knows how long prosthetics, but she's <laughs> absolutely incredible. But like it doesn't it doesn't put a new spin on the narrative of the episode mm. because the episode at, at the beginning was a very different episode. It just puts a different spin on his character, and obviously he's been running all the way through mm. it. But it's still very clever. It's it's that same twist, you know. Uh, do you remember the Leisure Hive, where it's like Pangol yeah. is really young, and they're like, "Well, how old do you think I am, Mister Brock?" This is the same. You're like, "Oh my god, yeah. he's so stupid! Like, how could he possibly be her dad? Why is he still alive?" Yeah, yeah. Yes, the nice. But you know what? They only drop that he's her dad here, don't they? Like now. Yeah, and I think that's a cl I think that's quite clever. Yeah. Oh, she's got creepy hair coming out of that wood as well. <laughs> yeah. But you know as well, I think Peter Capaldi, in the three years he was the Doctor, was asked to sell some pretty duff material and i mm. think he can sell anything so you put oh, capaldi yeah. and Suchet in this scene and it's gold yeah but i think it is well written as well i i i, I just oh hold on i want to take science because this bit always gets me is this the scene where the bug comes up oh is he he's he no. this. yeah no this bit it's this line Oh, but you know, look, it, just in those two lines, he's yeah. he, he goes he goes back to being a child, and that's just saying "forgive me" twice. Do you know what's funny is that, it, is that the episode convinces you it's it's uh, a scary Doctor Who story, and it's actually a very sweet character story. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is well written. I think this is the thing because it's not a Moffat episode, and I quite often found that the non Moffat episodes were well, the best ri written oh, quite I well. Hundred percent agree with that. And yeah, yeah, I think this is this. I think what's good about this is because Mike Bartlett had written things like Doctor Foster and has written things like Life that he can he can write characters well, mm -hmm. but it's that thing of um, 
older people can't write young people, if that makes any sense. Like last night, we were I was watching Louise James and Midsummer Murders. So this is when you'll know this is being recorded. <laughs> and you could you could tell that all the young cast in it wouldn't talk like that in real life. And it's kind of like this. You can kind of tell oh, an older person sure. has written it, not quite knowing how young people talk. Do you remember what we watched last time? What are you, social workers? Social workers, exactly. And I think that's kind of the same. But, but with these two, it works so well because White Bartlett has written lots of big things and is yeah. all about characters for him. I, I'd say this is far more convincing than the, the, the teenage stuff at the beginning. Yeah. And he's probably more invested in writing these scenes as well. Yeah. And also, you know, you get David Suchet to play this part. Yeah. It's, that was the thing I was most worried about. I was like, don't you dare waste him. Don't you dare waste Mr. Suchet. So why isn't this more popular than it is, then? Do you know what? Honest answer, I don't know. I, honestly, I, I don't know if it's because... I don't know, actually. I, I, I think I think it's because of what we said. It's just not one of the big hitters, is it, of this year? It's not extremely. I think it kind of gets forgotten about. It's I think not, it's, it's uh, one of those episodes where you go series ten, and then you've got World Enough and Time and the Dodge Falls, and everyone goes, "Oh, I love that one." But then people people forget about Knock Knock, and then when you mention yeah. it, they go, "Oh yeah, no, that is quite a good one." But this this little run at the beginning of series ten, from the pilot, I'd say to extremists. That's a phenomenal run of episodes for the Moffat era. I think that's a really strong run. I mean, even oh, something like God. Smile, I really enjoy. I'm, I can't buy this, I'm afraid. The bloody fireworks going off just in time for the climax. Yeah, yeah. Ta-da! Do you remember when that happened in the TV movie? They had a kiss and the, the New Year's fireworks all went oh, off. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, this is just the same thing. Yeah. I think I just think this episode gets forgotten about, and I don't think it's anything to do with the writing or the acting. I just think because it's where it is embedded in the series. Can you think of a good parallel it... elsewhere, like another sleeper hit in another season? Oh, that gets forgotten. Sorry, about, like sorry, this. I get really upset watching this episode. Sorry, um, another one like that. I think something like the Sontaran stratagem and the Poison Sky is another one that people kind of forget about. I was Aww. thinking of something like the God Complex. Like I, I, I think that's terrific. Yeah. yeah. Or, or something like Mummy. I think Mummy on the Orient Express and Flat, Flatline. Those two episodes, especially in Series Eight. Can I ask because a question? The these yeah. two, these two are dying now. So is this like patricide or infanticide or both? Probably both. I would say. But that's so sad that he just doesn't... Mm. Look, we've lost the two best characters and all these horrible kids are coming back to life. Well, this is the thing I kind of wish that they'd... That they'd all... They'd died. Mm. <laughs> Do you imagine there's, like, a therapist centre for the guest characters that have survived the yeah. Doctor Who story? Yeah. yeah. I'm doing it again, aren't I? I'm wanting everyone dead. I, this, is a, this is a running theme of... of... Right. We should do Horror of Fang Rock. You'll definitely get your wish there. Yeah. I do like I do like a good body count. Though. I do like a good. Oh, it's interesting because the deaths were really good as well. Like the guys. Although, isn't the guy still sucked in the wall? I don't think he made it out. No, he's no, he's there. He's there. Is he? He's there. I can see him. Oh, hot guy. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, he is quite hot actually. But but then it really undermines it as well. That's the other thing about the Moffat era. Is it always undermines. When people get killed and then they come back to life, you think, well, what's the point? And do you not think there comes a point, now this is the point of six years, six seasons into that era, where that's happened mm. again and again and again, and you just think, well, no one's in any danger. No. Because they'll always and come you, back somehow. And you look at a character like Adelaide Brooke from Waters of Mars, and I was oh, devastated that she yeah. died. But then in the Moffat era, it's kind of like, what's the point in killing them? What's the point? Because they're going to be coming back next week. At, you know. Do you know when it irritated me the most? It was Clara in Series 9. Because I thought, I thought, wow, he's actually killed off a companion. And then you had Heaven Sent, and I was like, okay, that's like the Doctor's grieving period. And then I went into Hellbent with all expectations, and halfway through that, I was like, for fuck's sake! Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He can't kill anybody off. How is her going off in a diner around space a better ending? 
Yeah. I'm trying to think which I can't remember whose death it is, but there is one where I remember thinking, "Oh, what's the point in that?" Because they come because they were actually alive, and I can't think of who it was. What do you think about this Missy arc in series? Oh, it was, oh, it was too obvious. It was too obvious. I, I knew from the first episode like it's going to be Missy. But le- less been... about the surprise, more about like the character work and how it panned out. I like the idea. I just think it was too obvious it was going to be Missy from the start. It would have been more of a surprise had it been John Sim or yeah, geez, yeah. something completely different. I did that. But I, I felt like it was over drawn out and overwrought and it was invading certain episodes where it didn't need to. Like in one of the monk episodes, mm. there's like a five minute scene inside the vault, which completely mm. cuts, cuts apart the pace of the episode. And then, once that happens, you go, oh, well, we didn't need that in the other eight episodes or whatever. But when she chooses to side with the Doctor at the end, I thought, okay, that justifies the whole thing. I thought that was terrific. Yeah. And also, the thing about Matt Lucas, you don't need him in that episode. You could have cut that scene out and done a bit more on, you know, you had an extra sort of three minutes to have the plot, but this was a really good episode. Okay, Oxygen was one of my 10 out of 10s this year. I thought it was flawless. And and look at it, they're doing horror again. In fact, you know what? You had had this as a horror story, didn't you? You had um, Oxygen as a, a, like a a zombie story, so another horror story. And then you had Extremis, which had that fabulous twist about them all being fake, which was like a psychological horror story, because that idea is terrifying. And you got something like Smile, which is all about, you know, it's sort of happy. It's like the happiness patrol, but modern day, isn't it, really? Did you like Smile? I, I didn't mind it. The first time I watched it, I didn't like it. But watching it again, I kind of think it's quite a clever idea. It's a sort of happiness patrol for the modern day. But I was it very upset. Hmm? I should go back and watch it again. What, not knock? No, no, smile. Because I don't. Oh, I'd watch one. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I should go back and watch that one then. All right. I mean, the only thing that upset me was Mia Anwar was killed off far too early in that episode. Blooming lovely. Blooming lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see her in that uh, farewell, Sarah Jane Smith? Oh. That was the bit that made me ball my eyes out. Her bit. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. But let's not end this on a moment of poignancy. Let's end this with the usual question of why somebody should go immediately to their shelf, pick up the Series 10 box set and watch Knock Knock. It's a very, very good story. It starts off as a horror and ends up as something completely different. Like it turns into a love story. If you want to see a fantastic actor, aka David Suchet, give an absolutely heartbreaking performance mm-hmm in Doctor Who, which you don't get very often. And it's got Bill in it. Oh, it's need I say that. more? Yeah, no, you don't need to say anything else, actually. No. You know. Starts off as a good horror film, ends up as a sort of love story, and... Well, David, what? thank you very much for this impromptu recording. Your, You're welcome. Your time, as ever, is valuable and wonderful. Thank you very thank much. You. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.